Have you ever been overconfident? <laughs> Every time I walk up these steps, I always think about the time that I lost a little weight and I thought I'm going to run and jump up on the steps and I ended up on my face. Just, and I was just thinking of that, you know, overconfident. I pray every single day, Lord God, keep me on my feet. As we open today, I just, first of all, I want to say Happy New Year to you too. I'm getting a little echo. Am I doing this wrong? Okay, maybe I'll take my hearing aids out. That might help. Okay. Um, first, I just want to say Happy 2021. Many of us are going, whew, right? And um, I'm one of those, I don't like to wish my time away, though. I really don't. And I, I kind of look at even a tough year as being an opportunity for doing good, to be kind, to be generous, to show someone else the love of Jesus, even in the most difficult times of life. But I have to say, whew, on this one. It was a stressful year, but... Even though it's been challenging and sometimes downright difficult, today I feel like I want to pose a thought for us who are Christ followers. Because I believe that in these difficulties is our best time as Christ followers to shine. It is in darkness that light shines best. And when we are stressed and even everything else screams out hopelessness and fear, we can be that voice of hope and courage and peace. There are so many uncertainties. There are threats of violence. There are those who want to stir up hatred and offense. The enemy loves to cause division and fear and anger and isolation and hatred, for he is the accuser of the brethren. But he wants especially you young people to feel hopeless. And I want to just say that we have some good and glorious news. We have something today that I want, and I believe this is from the Lord, that he wants us to grab hold of. For the Lord God himself has ordained your days, and it is such a time as this that you young people were born I have some words that I believe can spark some excitement and anticipation for the future rather than dread or, or fear of it. Would you pray with me, please? Father God, in Jesus' mighty name, we come to you and we ask for Holy Spirit invasion. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Quicken in our hearts the things that you would have us focus on today. We ask that you will fill this place, that you will teach us, that you will lead us, that you will speak to us this morning. Come, Lord Jesus, open our hearts and our minds to your truth. Father, will you bind any spirit that opposes you in Jesus' name? And Father God, will you loose your spirit to move in each person listening, whether by Facebook, website, or those that are here today? Help us who have ears to hear what your spirit is speaking to the church today. And may I, Father God, yield totally to you, and may my mouth be an instrument to deliver your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a question. Who are you? Well, I know most of us would say, well, our name. 
I would say, I'm Patty Chardon. But I want to ask again, who are you? And another one is, whom do you belong? You know, our name and who we are is not about our occupation. It's not about our status. It's not about our political position. Who are you, really? If you are a follower of Jesus Christ already, you would say, I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, and that is right. We are that. I am a Christian. And as I identify as a Christian, what does that mean? We might have several labels. For example, I was a wife, I'm a mother, pastor, friend, teacher, an American, but all those are secondary. If you are in Christ, your number one position in life is a child of God, a follower of the Lord Jesus. So to be a child of God means we are to live as God being our Father. And so we learn what he looks like. We go to the Gospels. In our Bible, that lays out the way Jesus lived. And we see how Jesus was kind, he was compassionate, he was slow to anger, he was peaceful most of the time, he was generous. But he also said this to his disciples. He said, truly I say to you that if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and throw yourself into the sea, it will happen. And all things you ask in prayer, you shall receive. That was from Matthew 21. Also, Jesus said, you will be able to do the same things you have seen me do, and even greater things will you do. Why? How? Well, when you read your Bible, I want you to imagine it like a map. I loved what... Um, Matthew shared last week that he said, you know, he, he showed, shared the Christmas story. And Christmas story isn't just a part. It's not just a piece, a story. That's, it is a whole, from the Genesis to Revelation. And when Matthew, oh, by the way, I got to say something about Matthew's sermon. My sons used to hide dragons in my nativity. <laughs> and they thought it was so funny. So I told them on New Year's, I said, you guys were being prophetic and didn't know it. So anyway, they used to just see how, how long it would take me. They move into different places to notice. Anyway, so when we're reading the Bible, I want us to imagine it like a map. You know, you have to know where you, where you start and where your beginning is. I mean, where your beginning is and where your end is. Sorry about that. Our destination is, in our Christian life, is to have our relationship with God restored. But in, in the beginning, Genesis and Revelation, you have your beginning of your Christian life and you have the end. We need to know where we started from. If we cannot find our place on the map, how will we know how to get where we're going? So we must find our place. You know, my sons and I, we love to hike. And many of you that go on hiking trails, you'll see a post and it has a sign that says, you are here. We gotta know where you are if you wanna find your way out or to the destination. Thankfully, I have them who can read maps. We need to know where we are in the map so that we know which way to go. So we first need to know where we are going and where we started from. Now, I 
that's all jumbled up, but I hope this will unpack it. In the beginning of human history, our first parents disobeyed the commandment of the Lord, right? And disobedience is in all of us in our human nature. If you read the first two chapters of the Bible and the last two, you have the complete story. Everything in between those is essential subject of one thing, and that is redemption. What is redemption? The goal is to restore man to its original condition before the fall, which is walking with God, obeying God, fulfilling the mandate to rule over or subdue or have take dominion over the earth, to bring the gospel to all the world, as it says in the gospels. However, I want to bring a different part of this. We want to illustrate that yes, God is love, he is merciful, he is gracious, but I believe God wants to even take us further. We are not just to be restored to what was. God has made a way for us to be raised up to a new creation. Sometimes, at least for me, I've forgotten that. I look back, but I want you to imagine with me, please, this new created man is to be more than just restored to what was. Imagine this. New. God says you are a new creation. Not complete, not as Adam was, but even better than Adam was. Adam had a wonderful relationship with God. He talked with him. He walked with him. It said he could hear God in the cool of the day. But we have something that Adam didn't have. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We are the temple of the living God. And I believe this is something in 2021 God wants us to grab hold of for the church this year. I believe this is the year of the church. I believe that in everything that has been shaking and troubling us is to get us ready for a glorious shine in this darkness. If you have Christ, God is in you. God has actually made us his temple to dwell in. And I, this is so wonderful, so magnificent, that I think many in the church, and I'm not talking about crossroads, I'm talking about church universal, has not grabbed hold of. We must grab hold of this, friends. I feel an urgency in my spirit that God is saying, church, I have designed you to be more. It's more than a meeting place. It's more than a place of just praying, and not just praying, but just, we're not to be just a praying place. We're not just to be a place where we gather with friends. It's not just a place for great messages and singing beautiful music. We are to be new creation, filled with the Holy Spirit, fulfilling the very first thing that God in, told Adam in Genesis 1:28, subdue and have dominion over the earth. Be light in the darkness. Do not be shaken by the world's trouble. Friends, ponder this. Ask God with me to help us to understand. Let's ask him, Father, please give us wisdom and insight as to how you would have us live in this hour. Please, God, 
be our teacher in Jesus' name. The Lord did create us for his pleasure, not as a plaything. When you hear pleasure, think of that. No, but to have fellowship with him, to be in relationship with him. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We can do as the Apostle Paul said, we can pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean always on our knees. It's like Brother Lawrence said in his book, Practicing the Presence of God, that whatever you do, whether you're doing dishes, cleaning the house, at work, in school, whatever you are doing, you are doing it all for the love of God. Everything. Whether you go to the store, when you answer the door and your neighbor's there, you're doing it all for the love of God. For God is here. He is walking with us more than just a little conversation here and there. He is always with us. When you are socializing, he is always with us. Always communing with him. That's what praying without ceasing is. The ultimate purpose of redemption is this, to restore that relationship with God, to bring us to God's intended purpose. Turn with me in your Bibles, please to Exodus 33, 9 through 11. And it came about when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses. When the people saw that the pillar of cloud was standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would arise and worship, each at the entrance of his tent. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. Now think about this. Adam, the first man, walked with Jesus, heard him in the garden. Moses talked to God face to face. How wonderful it would be that anytime God wanted to talk to us, he would come down in a cloud, right? And it says that Moses' face shone so brightly that he had to cover his face because the people were afraid. The glory of God shone on him. But... What, Jesus, what Moses had faded. Friends, he would get in his presence, he would shine, but when, after a time, it would fade. The Bible says in the New Covenant, we have a relationship that is even greater. If you look at 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 10, it says this, but if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stones come with glory, so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face fading as it was, how shall the ministry of the Spirit fail to be with more glory? For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, how much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory? For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory, account of the glory that surpasses it. Friends, think about this. This is what God wants us to grasp. We haven't even begun to live as new creations. We are still living like the old. We haven't even begun to experience the greater works, yet Jesus himself said we would do those. We haven't even begun to experience what Jesus said about the fig tree. I believe, and I do believe, this is from the Lord, that he is saying, stop trying to restore the old. Come into the fullness of being the new creation. 
Be filled with the Holy Spirit and live as vessels of the Most High God. You and I are not only just filled, we're to continually be filled. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. It is He, the Spirit, who teaches us all things. It is the Spirit who reveals to us who God is. He is the one who helps us to discern good and evil and right from wrong. It is He who changes us, not just bad behaviors to good behaviors, but who we are and what we are. Oh, beloved, we have been given a new covenant. And this is so great that even what Moses had was pale in comparison. We not only meet God face to face, we have him living inside of us. He does not descend in a cloud to meet us. He dwells in us continuously. This is astonishing. So what then shall we do? Beloved, if Moses, who met with God face to face, shone with glory, then we should reflect his glory continually. This is what God wants us to grab hold of, that we are not just Sunday Christians or the glory that comes now and then, but every second of our life, and it should be increasing. We do not have a glory that fades, but our call is to manifest his glory in increasing measure. You want to know what your calling is? It's not an office. It's not whether you have a position. It's not a job to do. It is expressing the glory of God. It is exuding the glory of God to a world that is looking for something to grab hold of that's true. We are. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We are carriers of that. That is our calling. Our whole life is to reflect the glory of God. The apostles grabbed hold of that. It said even their shadows healed people. A handkerchief healed people. And it wasn't just the apostles. Stephen was an apostle, and he did signs and wonders. If you read through the book of Acts, there's others. The church was known by its love, but also its signs and wonders. We should be doing signs and wonders, friends. People should look at us and go, wow, not because we are great, but he who is in us is great. He is awesome. The 72 went out. Remember, they weren't apostles. Somehow we've got this thinking, all this stopped with the apostles. Not true, my friends. He is still working miracles. I am a miracle. I was healed by common people who laid hands on me, healed of cancer. I know some of you who are healed, and God did it. He used ordinary people filled with his Holy Spirit to lay hands or to speak or to say to that cancer, you go cast yourself into the pit. I'm tired of not seeing what we can do through Christ. We're to be beacons of glory. Ask God, 
Help him to open up our hearts, for we are new covenant people. I believe that God is preparing his church for the greatest outpouring that the earth has ever experienced of the Holy Spirit. We've heard of it for years. We've heard revivals coming. Why not now? Why not right here? Why not with us? I believe when Pastor Brad and Terry were sent here, I believe they are here to usher in something great. I really do. And I want to stand with this man, and I want to link arms with him, and I want to cry on the God Almighty to come and have his way. Yes, things are dark, but in darkness, even the tiniest flicker of flame lights up the room. When darkness comes and morals decline, church for us, our hours should be filled with opportunity. We have light, we have hope, we have promise, we have the living Christ in us. I want to be so filled with the glory that people who are in my presence will go, wow, what was that? Not because I'm great, but because God in me is great. I had one person in my life that I actually felt that from. She walked by me, and, I'm, and some of you may think this is silly, but I fell to the floor. She just walked by me. And I thought, whoa, what was that? I got back up, she came from behind again, boom, I went to the floor. It wasn't because she was any super person. She was so connected to the glory of God in her. I want that. I saw people on the floor saying, who was that? And I thought, you know, it doesn't matter who that was, but what she carried, and she carried it with confidence. It is he, Jesus Christ, that said, take dominion. I used to think that was silly. I used to think I didn't believe that, but I'm beginning as I get older. They know. Church has taken the back seat. We're not to take the back seat of culture. We should be leading culture. We should be affecting culture. We should be the first ones out there telling the truth. But instead, we've kind of taken this thing that we have to be quiet. Now, I just want to take a look at the Mass, for example. I'm not proposed to Mass. I understand the health thing. I get that. But just symbolically, I'd like to think about it for a moment. In some states, they've told churches, you can't sing. You've got to be quiet. Do you remember what happened when Jesus was riding into town and the children were singing Hosanna, and they said, tell the children to be quiet? And Jesus said, if they're quiet... The rocks and stones will cry out. Remember blind Bartimaeus by the side of the road, and he's saying, Jesus, son of David, help me. And the apostle said, be quiet, be quiet. He yelled louder. Friends, it's not time to be quiet. It's not time for the church to shut up. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits them. The devil, I'm not saying that uh, the mass are the devil, but I will say he's using this stuff. He is saying, be quiet. Shut up. I don't want to hear the name of Jesus. I don't want to hear you singing his praises. But friends, I'm going to sing louder. I'm going to turn my music up louder. 
I'm going to invite people in my home and we're going to sing the praises of the Lord God Almighty because he said so. And because we sang he's worthy of it all. He is worthy of it all. He is here. And God is inviting us today to be in a new reality. New creations to rise up in joy and victory. To rise up and be the presence of God. When Jesus came into Jerusalem, he, when he saw the wickedness of what they were doing in the temple, he didn't go in and say, let's sit down and reason together with evil. He made a whip. He turned the tables over. He yelled. He let the animals go. And he called them thieves. Yes, we are sheep. But it's time not to just be quiet sheep. It's time to be lions. Lions that roar. The praises and the truth and the righteousness of God Almighty. We are not just to reflect a dim image of what Christ did and who he was. No, beloved, today, today God is saying, I want you to shine the glory of me in you. We are to do the greater works in confidence, authority, and demonstrations of power. Our maturity is not in so much what we do and how much good we do. It is how much glory we manifest through our lives. This reality should be every day, every second of our lives. The glory of the church must be increasing, not decreasing. There must be a stark difference in the church from the world. Not becoming so muted and blended that the church is not distinguishable from the world. Our morals are the same as the world. We are afraid to say what's wrong and what is evil. Friends, we cannot be just a dim view, a dim image. We must be a stark contrast in morals, integrity, in courage, in knowledge, in truth, Fearlessness, confidence, radiance, even more filled with glory. Today, our worship is going to be a little different. I'm going to ask those of you who would to come forward. And when we come, I believe God is here and he wants to give us more. Yes, when you came to Christ, you got the Holy Spirit as a deposit. It says it marked you, saying this one is mine. I get that. But also it says that we are to keep on being filled. And remember in the book of Acts, there was a group of people that didn't even hear of the Holy Spirit. They were saved, but they didn't even know. And I have to say, when I was a teenager and I came to Christ, I didn't know. When I heard about the Holy Spirit, something out there, it wasn't in here. I knew I was saved. I believed, but I remember when a light bulb went on. I remember when I got filled with the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden the, the words in my Bible jumped off the pages. I remember reading that Bible, it fell apart. It's my little, my treasure that I keep because I couldn't get enough of it. 
I remember going through and saying, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That was the Holy Spirit. He was teaching me. Now, have I had times of fading? Yep. And I've had some of you tell me, just recent days, I feel dry. I feel like I'm losing some life. You haven't lost your salvation. You just need a fresh drink. You need a fresh outpouring. You need a fresh indwelling. You need a fresh baptism of spirit. And when I say that, some people get baptism of the Spirit. I'm talking about immersion. I'm talking about being drenched with the Spirit. I'm talking about being so filled, he oozes out. Salvation, yep, Holy Spirit comes and marks you. But I want us to be on a journey that we keep on being filled from glory to glory. The Bible says, faith to faith, glory to glory. Remember the virgins? They all had oil, but some of them let theirs run down. So some were ready and prepared when the bridegroom came. Friends, don't let your oil run out. When we're feeling kind of dry and you know what, it's time to get re-oiled. Go for an oil change. We need fresh. I need it. I have had those times when I almost felt like giving up. I've had those times I think, really, I don't know, is church the thing? But then I thought, no, wait a minute, it's us. It's us, together. I'm going to ask first... If I can get any elders, staff, prayer ministers to come up right now, if you're willing. I want to pray for them first. This is not a um, formula. I just read in the scripture that sometimes things were done certain ways, but not always. I was filled with the Holy Spirit, not by somebody laying hands, by my praying. I, um, there were times, though, that I got somebody lay hands on me and whoosh, I felt it. There were times in the Bible that it says the elders went and laid hands and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Even, even Simon the sorcerer saw that the gift was given by laying on hands and wanted to buy it. What I think, though, is sometimes God just wants us to get up and do an act of obedience. And so I'm going to pray for you guys first. Because I, you know, I'm pleased. I'm not trying to be presumptuous. I really believe this is from the Lord. He wants me to ask God to fill each of you. And then in turn, I'm going to ask everybody to come up. You don't have to say anything except be filled. That's all. There's no magic words or if you want to say be filled with the Holy Spirit, whatever. I want to start this year with a bang. You know how fireworks go off? Hey, let the fireworks go off in here. Let us be so filled with the Holy Spirit. And then every Sunday when we come, we come anticipating what's the next thing, God. When you told me what you're going to preach, it excited me because I feel it's kind of like this is a launching pad of what God is doing. The study I'm going to have in my home called Going Deeper, if we get more than 20, I'll do another one. Listen, 
It's a time that we want to fill our lamps. So, Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus for each of these that you would so fill them with the Holy Spirit and empower them. And may when they uh, lay hands on others, may what is in them be released to each one as they come in Jesus' name. And God, let this church, let this church be so filled with the glory that people drive by and they say, I got to go there. Even if they haven't even thought about you, God, May their cars just come into the parking lot. And may we, Lord God, demonstrate your glory to wherever we go. And, and I pray that in Jesus' name. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And now I'm going to ask that you come. And Eric will play kind of softly. Come and just stand. And you guys, just to anybody, just go up, young and old, kids, it's not just for adults. You know that. I know you know that. Come and be filled. Come and be filled. And for those of you that are listening, I want you as well, if you're listening by uh, internet or watching on Facebook, you too, lift your hands. Ask God to fill you. Lay hands on each other in your home and ask Holy Spirit to fill you. In Jesus' name.
we're going to sing a worship song. And if you feel like it,